Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. We're starting a brand new message series today, and um, if you've been coming to The Heart for... uh, for a few years, or maybe have listened to the podcast or have seen on YouTube, once a year, especially in the summer, we love to take a series, uh, we used to call it At The Movies, um, and we would take some uh, take some time digging into some movies and find some spiritual truth in there, talk through that, and see how even in movies, TV shows, music, and anywhere out there in the world that, that we can still learn uh, and grow our spirituality. And so today we're starting a series called Heart Flicks Movie Night. And I'm sh- I, I hope that Netflix doesn't see that I've literally copied everything that they do. So uh, if we close down the church, it's because Netflix sued us. And, uh, and, and if they go back a couple of months, do you guys remember when I told you guys to share your passwords? <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, don't do that um, for legal reasons. Uh, for legal reasons, I do not condone uh, sharing your Netflix password. But what we want to do with this series is I want to invite you to watch a Netflix series um, that is 10 episodes long. And what we're going to do is we're going to have five messages where we dig into what we learn from this particular series. Now, if you've never heard of it, the series that we're going to be watching together is called Messiah. It came out in 2020. I think at the very beginning of 2020, because I remember talking to people about it before the world shut down. So it's fairly new, and I, I want to invite you to watch at least the first uh, two episodes this week, maybe the first four, or if you're anything like everyone else on earth, just watch all 10 episodes today. Because what we're going to do is we're going to dig through this TV show two episodes at a time and kind of see what are some of the things that we can learn in here that can grow our faith, that can, that can grow what we are trying to do, right? It's, it's one thing to think about faith in general, right? We, we, maybe we can all agree that we want, to, we want to grow our faith, that we want to become more spiritual, Maybe if I asked you, would you like to be more spiritual? Probably all of you would say yes to some degree. But how do we do that? What are we supposed to do today, <laughs> right? What are we supposed to do this week? If, if when I grow up, when you grow up, you want to be this spiritual person, what are you supposed to do today to become that person later? That's the whole reason that we meet on Sundays is we're trying to figure out how can we grow our faith? What can we do together? How can we be in this journey together? So I I, I want to invite you to watch, and we'll put some links out on on social media, and we'll send you an email that has the link to the show and all that kind of stuff. Um, It's a good watch. I mean, even if you don't like it, just watch it anyway for this, okay? Or don't watch it at all. It's up to you. Did you like that I, I wanted you to watch it? <laughs> Within 30 seconds, I invited you to never watch it. It's pretty much my MO. I was thinking about this, and one of the things that I see in this, in this series, if you don't know what it's about, 
it's the the gist of it the the basics of it is it it has it's a look on how the world would react if a Jesus figure they never call him Jesus in the show he's just known as the messiah it's a look at what how our world would react if someone like Jesus showed up now and what i want to talk about today is Specifically how there were so many different reactions to this person, this Messiah, this Jesus-type figure. So many different reactions to his actions. And deep, different people's perspectives, that's what the show does so, so well, is it gives you different people's perspectives on this Messiah. On one hand, over here, people see him as a troublemaker. He's gathering followers. They're not quite sure what his intentions are. And so they're watching out for him. He's a threat. Over here on this end, people who are following him, they see a savior. They see someone that can help them. They see someone that can do something for them, that can enlighten them. It's the same person, but it's a different perspective, different interactions. So it got me kind of thinking about like the interactions I've had with God, the interactions I have with God. Now, I've never had a face-to-face -face meeting with God. I've never heard God's audible voice. But the interactions I do have with God sometimes happen in the form of prayer, right? That's when I pray, it is me talking to God. And a lot of times my prayer, the, I, the, the, the specific times in my life of prayer that I can think of happened when something was going on in my life. And I, and I can promise you that this is true for you. When you have taken time to pray, you were praying for what you needed, right? Who prays for what they don't need, right? I'm not currently praying for God to get me a car. I have a car. I'm not currently praying for God to get me a pair of glasses so I can see. I'm wearing glasses. You see what I'm saying? I know it's simple. We pray for what we need. We pray for what we don't have. Has anyone, I want you to raise your hand for this, has anyone prayed for patience? Put your hand up real quick. You prayed for patience. Now, when you were praying for patience, were you patiently waiting? When you were praying for patience, were you in a really good mood and being really kind to everyone in your life? No, you were praying for patience because you were at a spot where you were out of it and you really needed it. Otherwise, someone was going to get very offended by what you were about to say. You think I don't know you. Has anyone prayed, and maybe you don't have to raise your hand for this, but has anyone prayed for provision, for money, for a raise from work, for, for God to do something financially in their life? When you prayed for that, did you have a bunch of money in the bank? When you prayed for that, were credit card companies just sending you, you know, just here's your limit. We're up in your limit to 40 grand. Don't worry about it. You need a loan? We got you. Did you have a bunch of money in the bank? Did you have a big promotion at work? No, we pray for those things because that's what we need. We pray for things that we need. Well, I want to look at two particular verses today where someone, where these two interactions with Jesus, 
And we, we look a lot at the New Testament. Let me say this real quick. We look a lot at the New Testament, okay, the later parts of the Bible, the, when Jesus showed up and kind of what happened after that. We look at that a lot. Not only that, but we look at that a lot. And I think the reason that I do that, the reason that I look a lot at the New Testament is because I see a very practical faith. And not that the Old Testament and the Torah and all these, you know, big characters of the Bible, like, you know, David and Moses and all these incredible people that did amazing things for God and, and followed God in the face of incredible adversity. Not that that is not worth reading or knowing. It most definitely is. But at least for myself, and maybe this is me just putting my issues on you, which is one of my favorite things to do, is I just dump my drama on you and then you carry it throughout the week, and I feel great. But the reason I think I do that is I think there is a practical faith that I need. Like I was saying earlier, like I, I, I want to be a more spiritual person, but what do I do today? What is the practical way, the real-life way, what can I do today to grow my faith. What can I do today to become more of the person that I want to be? So that's what I want for us too. I, I want to be able to give you something you can grab onto today and take with you throughout the week. Not just tell you, try to be a better person. Good luck with that. What does that mean? All right, so I want to look at these two, uh, two verses today. One is going to be in the book of Matthew and one is going to be in the book of John. So these are these are two interactions that people had with Jesus. And the first one I'm going to read in Matthew is, and you might know the story, there's a particular woman, and she was caught doing a little <whistles> with someone. I think it says she was caught red-handed. Let's see, hold on. Oh, Matthew. Matthew 19, right? Oh, this is the wrong one. Sorry, let's go to John. John. We're going to look at John 8, and this is the woman caught in adultery. Can you imagine being, going down in history? It's like, uh, can I at least get my name in there? Nope, sorry. You are the woman who was caught in adultery. So if you don't know the story, um, the title is a real, it's a real uh, spoiler alert. Woman was caught in adultery. And they bring her out. And, 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 and people in the day, they were always trying to test Jesus. Always trying to test him. I go, what do you think about this? Or our law says this, and you are some kook who's teaching all these crazy ways, and apparently everyone can talk to God, and everyone can get to heaven, and everyone can have faith. Well, what about this? They were always trying to test him with things like that. And so this woman, they caught her in adultery. Not the guy. The guy was all... <laughs> caught the woman in adultery, and they bring her out, and they say, okay, Jesus, smart guy. The law of Moses, the law we follow as Jewish people, as in our culture, our faith, our religion, what we hold dear, what we hold sacred, and Jesus, what you say you hold sacred, the law of Moses, the law says that we have to stone her to death with rocks, not, you know what I mean? 
they have to stone her. To, that was a vape. Uh, so, topical. That we have to stone her to death. So they tried to trap him into saying something. And check this out. He says, all right. Let's stone her. But the first, or I'm sorry, he said, let, we're, 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 I'll let you do it. We're going to do it. Fine. But let the first stone be thrown by someone who has never sinned before. Here, I'll read you exactly what it says. They kept demanding an answer, and he said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't, it didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. What an interaction to have with Jesus. This woman, uh, according to the law of Moses, for being caught doing what she was doing, was supposed to be put to death. Jesus literally saves her life. She needed a savior. She needed someone to have her back. She needed someone to protect her. And Jesus comes in and protects her and saves her and has her back. And I just love the idea of Jesus physically showing her everyone who accused you is gone. And I also don't accuse you. He saw what happened. He knew what happened with her. He knew who she was. And I, I, this speaks to me, and, and, and maybe it speaks to you. Of a lot of, us are, a lot of us are thinking, well, if Jesus knew what I did, if God knew what I thought, if God knew the kind of person I was, if God knew the kind of thoughts that I had, the way that I treat people that I love, if God knew those things, I don't think he'd forgive me. I don't think he'd want me to be a part of his family, a part of his, a part of his community, a part of his crew. But Jesus says, I don't condemn you. In the middle of her, her trial, basically, her trial by drama, her trial by gossip, in the middle of the trial, he says, I don't condemn you. Go on your way. Now, what would you do if you had an interaction with Jesus like that? I bet if he said, go and sin no more, you would get up and just follow this guy wherever he went. You tell me where you want me to go, Jesus. Maybe that's the kind of interaction you need from God. Maybe that's the kind of interaction you need. You are needing something now in your life. And so you're, and, it, and it's an apparent need, right? An obvious need. This woman had an obvious need. And we don't even have time to get into, was she guilty or not? Guilty according to who? Guilty according to what? <laughs> Is she guilty according to the law? Yes. Did Jesus find her guilty? No. That's for a connect group, so you figure it out there. 
an apparent need. So maybe there's an obvious need in your life, right? Maybe you have an obvious apparent need that you are making known to God through prayer. You're making known to your family through talking about it. Whatever it happens to be, there is an obvious need. But what about the needs that aren't so obvious? I was asking you earlier, I mean, I've, I've prayed for finances before and prayed for promotion and prayed for more money so I could do more things and provide for my family. And I've prayed for, you know, when I prayed really, really hard, <laughs> um, we were driving back from New Mexico. Uh, uh, that's where I was born. A lot of my family still is in, in New Mexico, Albuquerque, Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's in America. Um, and uh, we were driving back. It was late at night. I think it was New Year's. It was, it was December 31st. And Amber's asleep. Corbin's asleep. We were in a 1994 green Honda Accord. Um, and the most uh, miles that this car had ever driven on one tank, one tank, 380 miles. I know that seems like a lot, and you're, you know, your minds are blown. 380 miles. And I like to take risks. I'm a risk taker. And do you remember this? Oh. Were you not in the car? Just a private conversation with me and my son, apparently. Uh, maybe you were asleep or not there. Um, it's very memorable. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, okay. We, you know, and when you're driving to New Mexico, I can't, I can't remember the name of the road, but it's not like, you know, where you'll hit San Marcos and then Kyle and then Buda and then Austin and then Georgetown and then Round Rock and then Taylor, you know, right? So it's like you got one gas station and it's just this guy with a, you know, with a crooked hat and he's just pumping gas and, and then you, that's all you'll see for a hundred miles, okay? Well, I say, okay, I think, I think we can make it on what's left in the tank. I think we can make it. And so we're driving. It's around, I don't know, 11.30. And I was like, well, it says there's a town a few miles up, and we'll just stop there. We'll stop there and get gas. We're about 350 miles on this tank. And I used to be a freak about it, like every, you know, fill up the gas and reset the thing, and like, you know, um, used to be. I'm not anymore, don't worry about that. And so I said, when we get to this town, I'm gonna fill up the tank and we'll be good to go. So we get to this town. There's no gas station in this town. So we roll right through the town. And as we're passing the town, it's getting to 370, 380. I said, okay, Jesus, if you're real, <laughs> um, it's getting to 390. I said, okay, there's going to be another town up coming close. And there was signs to another town. But I don't know what happened. It's, it was the town was closed. There was there was a gas station, but it was before you could, you know, when, you know. Now gas stations are 24 hours, and you can just go boop, boop, and you know fill up your tank. It was before that, um, so we get past that town, and y'all, the tank is at 410 miles, 415, and I'm like, dear heavenly God of hosts, you are, are you listening, Almighty, y'all. I am. I am sick to my stomach, and I'm stuck between do I wake Amber up and let her know that I might have to jog to a gas station at 11.45 at night on New Year's Eve in the middle of the desert, or do I just save myself all of that and just really trust in God? Okay, so I'll wrap this story up because we only have a few minutes. Um, 
So finally, finally, y'all, it's midnight. And the reason I know that we're finally getting close to a town is I start to see fireworks. <laughs> and so I step on the gas and I'm like, we are just gonna coast into a gas station. And we ended up filling up gas 450 miles we put on that tank, 70 more than it ever, and I was like, I believe there is a God. That was for free. That was just, you ever prayed that much for something? I mean, I really needed gas. I really needed to get there. That's probably one of the hardest times I've ever prayed in my life. That was an apparent need. But what about the needs that aren't so apparent? Watch this. This is in, now this is in Matthew. This is Matthew chapter 19. And there is, there's a story here about a, a, a young rich man. And this rich man, he comes up to Jesus. He has this interaction with Jesus. And you would think, okay, this guy's rich. What does he need? It's very easy to think that, especially the way we think in, in the world. Yeah, well, you have money, so you have no problems, which is just not the truth. So we already set up, we're already set up to think, okay, there's this young rich guy. He's got everything living in a man's world, especially back then. What could he possibly need? And he walks up to Jesus and he, he wants to know, how do I get eternal life? How do I live my best life? How do I achieve the greatest life now? And Jesus says, just follow the commandments, keep the commandments, do what you're supposed to do. Eat your lima beans, right? Finish your vegetables. You know what to do. And the guy says, well, I already do all of that. I already do what I'm supposed to do. If I, if I could take some liberty there, he, he says something to the effect of like, well, I, I already go to church every Sunday. I already read my Bible every day. I already know all the latest uh, Christian, uh, Christian rock bands. I already give financially. to. The, I already serve on a team on Sundays. I already invite people to church with me. I already share uh, my church's uh, social media posts to my friends and family. I'm already doing all of the things that you're supposed to do. So here's a guy coming to Jesus, and he says, I don't think I have any needs. Can you tell me what I need to do next? Right? The first interaction with this young woman, she has an apparent, obvious need. It's easy to see what she needs, and Jesus is there for that need. Now, here's a young man who says, I don't know what I need. I'm coming to you, Jesus. I'm interacting with you because I need to know what I need. I'm young. I'm rich. I follow all the commandments that I'm supposed to. So what's next? And here's where it gets challenging. Here's where your faith will be challenged. Watch this. Jesus says this. This is Matthew 19, verses 20 and 21. The young man says, I've obeyed all these commandments. What else must I do? And Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. I want to say real quick, Jesus does not invite a lot of people to come follow him. It's very rare that someone will get a personal invitation from Jesus to come follow him. But he tells this young man, just go sell everything you own. Here's what you need. I'll tell you what you need if you're really asking. Because he tried to let him off the hook, right? He's like, just keep the commandments. You'll be good. The guy, he says, no, I'm really asking. And so Jesus says, if you're really asking, I'm really going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You need to sell everything that you own, 
give it to the, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. And the rest of the story says the man goes away sad because he had many possessions. Now, this isn't a story about being greedy or a story about being rich. It's a story about asking for what you need, and sometimes that need might be the biggest challenge in your life. But that's where it's difficult, because we can see the apparent needs. We can see the obvious needs. Your, your interaction with God, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Your interaction with God is determined by how you were raised or how you were taught. Your interaction with God is absolutely determined by that. It's absolutely determined by the way that you were raised. I grew up thinking, you don't bother people with your problems. You just figure it out. <laughs> you don't bother people with your problems. Why does, why, what, are you going to cry and sob to somebody? Just, just do it. Everybody's sad. Everybody's depressed. Everybody's anxious. Everybody has something they're dealing with. Just deal with it. And you know what that did? You know what that did? I brought that into the way that I practiced faith. What else could I do? I only knew one way. So I would hesitate to pray to God. I would hesitate to ask God things unless I had an obvious need because I thought, well, you don't bother God with things that don't really matter, but this gas tank really matters, so I'm going to talk to God about that. Right? So for you, what is the, what is the need? What is the need that you don't know that you need. That's where it's going to take some digging. It's easy, to, it's easy to see the things that we obviously need because those are the things we're thinking about right now. The things that we're praying about, the things that we're thinking about, the things that we're talking to others about, the things that we're stressing about and worrying about and fretting over. Those needs are obvious and I'm not saying ignore those needs, you know, keep praying for those. But are you brave enough are you brave enough to do what this young man did and say, God, what do I need that I don't see? That's scary. That's a scary ask. That's a scary thing to say, God, what do, I, what do you think I need? What do you see that I need? What am I missing? I used to, I used to, I used to think that I was hilarious. I still do, but... But the way that I used to be funny is I would be incredibly sarcastic. I, I still am. I'm just, hold on. Is I would easily make you the butt of the joke. I would easily make you the punchline. And as long as that got a laugh, then I was making people smile. And I was doing what I loved. I love to make people smile. I love to make people laugh. If, you, if I say something that I think is funny and you laugh at it, I will follow you around like a dog and just, I'll, I'll chase that high. But somebody told me one time, um, they're like, hey, I want to challenge you with something. I want to challenge you to not be sarcastic for a month. And I took that so incredibly personally. I was wildly offended that someone uh, I thought, this is who I am. How can you ask me not to not be who I am? And then I got mad. I was like, you know what? A month. Try two months. Get ready for this. 
you're going to have the most serious dom you ever, uh, you've ever seen in your whole life. And what I, uh, what I discovered, and I'm still discovering to this day, this is about 10 years ago, is um, you can interact with people without being sarcastic to them. I don't know if you guys have experienced that. You can just have a normal conversation with someone without trying to throw in jokes all the time. And I don't know if you guys knew that. I never knew that. And so it was this need that I didn't see. I couldn't see it in myself because I didn't see it as a problem or as a need. But I needed someone in my life to show me that. And you can learn. You can learn about your faith. You can learn more about what faith can be by observing and learning from the people in your life. You can grow your faith by observing and learning how others interact with God. That's what I want for you this week. I want you to learn something for the way somebody else interacts with God. And I do want you to watch Messiah. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch it together. But what I want you to walk away with today is I want you to be the kind of person that doesn't just accept your faith the way it is, but accepts your faith and wants it to grow. Because when you choose to grow your faith, it prompts more interactions with God. It prompts more interactions with others. And that's how we will grow our faith. If you could, I want to pray with you real quick. If you could close your eyes and bow your heads, let's pray together. God, thank you for today, for this message, for this moment, for this group of people. Thank you for the opportunity we have to love and serve each other, to learn from each other, and to grow our faith. And we pray that in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.